0: I'm here with Alan Fenstermaker, and uh, I think today what we could do is, is we could focus completely on YouTube shoot interviews and uh, the influence and impact that they've had on the wrestling business, and I want to start off by talking about Jim Cornette for a second, and then we're going to get into Eric Bischoff. Okay. Um, Jim Cornette uh, has definitely paved the way with all this YouTube shoot stuff, uh, you know, he's it to another level, I should say, um, you know, he posts these real wrong shoots and, and he, he's full of knowledge and he's not afraid to say, you know, this shit sucks or why are we doing this or, you know, whatever, whatever he believes is not good for the business, he's, he's going to talk, talk about it and that. I think that that's very important, especially with watching what's going on now with, um, we'll call it the, uh, you know, the quarantine era of, uh, WWE and AEW, um, it just kind of seems like, uh, you know, that Cornet's right with pretty much everything he's been
1: saying. I mean, uh, I don't know. What do you think? I know. The, all I know is Jim Cornett's tearing a lot of people apart and all too. Which I you know, like some people, like yeah, like him or not. He is a very knowledgeable individual about the wrestling business and everything too. And like, um, just like the the wealth of knowledge that he has and. Um, I know, like I, I remember like Rick, both you and I met him like at MLW about a year ago. He seemed pretty cool, and like uh, it, yeah, uh, just unfortunately we couldn't do an interview with him because after he got done doing commentary all night, like his his voice was pretty much shot. But heck, he's it does have a wealth of knowledge.
0: Yeah, he sure does, and, um, you know, he does tear apart things, but his his reason for doing so is that he believes that, you know, the wrestling business uh, has gone so far in one direction that it needs to um, be restarted, and the interesting thing about that is, is, we might be seeing that happening not only in wrestling, but in the world as well, And and the wrestling stuff is now... Uh, a little more intertwined with the world stuff uh, because you know Vince is more involved in that kind of stuff now. So it's it's really really kind of interesting to see it trickle down in the way that it has. You know, I mean, I know I, you know we live in the city of Philadelphia. I saw it trickle down uh, about a decade ago, and you know the city of Philadelphia hasn't been the same since. But uh, after what's transpired over these last couple of days, it's really interesting to kind of see uh, you know where things are really at, because uh, a lot of the stuff that's been going on in the Philly area, uh, you know, it can be linked back to the police, so that's what's being uh, protested right now in the city, uh, is police brutality. Um, But with that being said, I want to jump over now to Eric Bischoff, um, because Eric Bischoff right now is on a tear himself with YouTube shoot interviews uh, with his 83 weeks podcast. Um... Yeah, have you
1: been watching any Alan? I've been, been i been watching a little bit, but uh, it's funny, 83 weeks how he got the name because I remember like before you were saying about how like he WCW kicked WWF's ass like uh, 83 weeks in a row, so like yes, I yes, I, did, I feel yeah. like that's a pun kind of on that too because um like even back in the when w, even back uh, there was a time when WCW was kicking WWF's ass and I uh, and just how Eric Bischoff came up with that, because Eric Bischoff was a big was a big reason that they were beating uh, WWF's ass, and like, uh, I remember how, like, um, it was at a point where Eric Bischoff was, uh, when this was before when Raw was actually taped on Monday nights, like, they were actually, uh, Bischoff was uh, giving away Raw results on WCW. Yeah, I remember that, you know, Eric, so here's the
0: thing, right, so for all the young people out there that might listen to this podcast, um, you, know, you gotta understand something. WCW almost won that war many times. It wasn't until the very end that WWE pulled out that victory, like over the last year and a half or so. Um, cause for a long time, WCW was completely destroying what the WWE, the WWF product was at that time.
1: Wow, yeah, I remember um, that. But the thing is with the Bischoff shoots is he's really good at being able to zoom in. Like we say with uh,
0: RF video sometimes, you know, like being able to really zoom in on a certain either show or a certain time period and be able to discuss those things so that the uh, listeners really get to learn something. Uh, I think Eric Bischoff, his shoot interviews are highly underrated. Um, It's funny because he's he's talking about some new sex drug or some shit that, that he's all pumped up about or whatever. His, on his uh, <laughs> on his podcast, and uh, Eric, if you're out there listening, man, I just w- want you to know something, man. If you're uh, if you're having
1: problems in your uh, you know, uh, <laughs> your romantic
0: life, man. Uh, I don't know if, if the podcast is really the place for that,
1: man. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and, and I know, like earlier, Bischoff um was uh earlier last year, Bischoff was uh was hired with WWE to, as a uh, one of the producers for SmackDown, but then. <laughs> As we found out, like back in like October, Bischoff uh, was fired from uh, from WWE, and uh, Bruce Prichard was uh, put in charge of SmackDown instead.
0: Right, right. Yeah, we remember that, and that was that was one of the quickest things. Uh that was a, quickie, a quickie in pro wrestling. but, um, you know, it, it, it was weird because I was actually kind of starting to turn around for the product when he was involved, and uh, I know Heyman has stuck around, but it, it, it's, it's hard to even tell what's going on with it anymore, I just prefer to not even watch it than to, um, watch it and get, you know, upset about it, you
1: know?
0: Yeah, I hear you. Because, you know what it is, it, it's, it's just, we love this shit so much, man, we love, we love what once was not only the WWF, but pro wrestling. And to see what it's become, is it, it's very heartbreaking, man. Um, but, uh, you know, we push forward, man. We keep trying to be positive about it. We try not to, uh, you know, Bring bring the whole thing down, but what might need to happen is what Cornette's saying, which is a, a total reset of it all. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to say this kind of shit because it's like, you know, we don't want to upset the workers and we don't want to upset the promoters and all the people that might throw us money one day. But at the same time, I mean, we got to be honest about this stuff. And um, I would say that, you know, there's going to be new inspiration that comes, you know, hopefully throughout the whole. Uh, world of whether it be you know music, pro wrestling, uh, sports, or uh, movies or something that will hopefully come along and just change this whole era and get it out, get get, get this whole era back on track. And um, I think Cornette's coach closest one to figuring out how to do that. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah, same here because I you know like by him tearing things apart, like he's actually like planning the the wrestling business for a revolution or to for a restructuring because. Like I remember uh, last year, uh, Paul Heyman over at the uh, over at the arena over in Philly, he uh, he spoke in the ring, and this was at Evolve Wrestling, and Paul Heyman delivered that speech that wrestling must evolve, and uh, and that's what so that's what this is all doing right now. This is all part of it evolving. It's
0: so, it's so true, and you know, it's words to live by, man. You know, uh, it's one of those things. Like Paul Heyman nailed it right on the head, as he always does, uh, with his genius of being able to uh, wrap his head around all this stuff. And, um, and, and this is the tough part because, you know, wrestling is just wrestling. You know, as much as I, as much as I love wrestling and it is my life, you know, to to a certain degree. Um, you know, the country is might need to actually hear the, you know. Hear, hear the same message, you know what I mean? Because uh, it, 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 if it does collapse, and you know we have to hit the reset button and start over again, um, you know what exactly does that mean? What exactly is that? What exactly would we have to do to plan for something new? Uh, these are all questions that need to be uh, talked about and stuff like that now, before something does happen. And, you know, it, it's almost like this. It's like if America's on its last run, you know. Which I know some people will, will say it's not, but let's but just let's but, but just say, what if, uh, you know, the WWE is kind of you know small potatoes for that compared to that, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, man, I mean, at least, at least we know one thing, man, at least we know that Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon are working together, so
0: if, if Paul Heyman, you know, comes up with the genius idea to either save the WWE, or even save, you know, the fucking country, at least, at least we know that it's in a a certain realm where it could actually get to, uh, higher ups, and I I hate to say this, but, uh, you know, higher ups in this situation aren't that high, they're pretty low, you know what I'm saying?
1: You. But, yeah, so, um,
0: but yeah, man, uh, you know, if there's anybody else that, you know, we, we can talk about, I mean, like, who do you see as being, um, you know, uh, a, a real innovator with, uh, the YouTube shoots? Let's
1: see, I'd probably say Hannibal.
0: Oh. Yeah, Hannibal's got some shit, you know?
1: Yeah, Hannibal's a guy of- and I I even met him before over at the uh, over at the arena like down at uh, over at Icons of Wrestling and I know like he was just going around doing his thing doing shoot interviews uh, along with us there too. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. When in fact I yeah. you know like a lot of people you saw on um you know on, uh, on Pro Wrestling Archives uh, shoot interviews. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah Hannibal did a shoot interview with the same uh, with a lot of the same folks, with a lot of the same folks but uh, it's cool it's yes, cool sir. it's cool though too because how like uh, he. He delves in a different direction with asking him questions, so even though it's the same person, it uh, still can be a different interview because that person can be doing yeah. different stuff, too. Yep, I like
0: Conan and Disco Inferno's podcast, too. I don't listen to it as much as the other guys, but I, I, I do like what they're doing, you know, just giving a different perspective, you know, and uh, Conan and Disco are different kinds of people, even though they have this
1: weird common ground. Yeah um that one disco inferno thing
0: that he did at the arena uh, when we saw him when he had like 10 girls beating him up that was one of the best planned out wrestling uh you know angles that i've seen in at least you know 10 years you know
1: yeah i hear you
0: remember that man without with, uh, tessa and all them
1: oh yeah yeah i remember that
0: that was crazy dude <laughs> Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is, is like, you know, a cat like Disco, who's, you know, definitely very underrated, can get in there and pull something off like that. Maybe, maybe these guys from that era are all, you know, somewhat underrated and need to be brought back. If these millennial guys or whatever, whoever these guys are, you know, uh, aren't cutting it, I think that, you know, you know, maybe it's time to bring back some of the people that, you know, need to come back, you know? Yeah,
1: that'll be... Yeah, that would be nice if some of these guys came back. Definitely
0: doing. I I I think that's the only thing I can think of that could actually uh, you know help because there are younger guys that are coming through that are real good. Like we've seen the lineages and and we've seen that firsthand in you know ECWA and that that South Philly gym we were at. Um, but. Okay, like what makes all this stuff so interesting was the guys that were coming through in the in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. You know, these were these were uh these are guys that, that chose pro, pro wrestling as their profession and were able to bring their flair from their territory or their city into uh, you know, this kind of presentation, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's a combination of that generation and a combination of all the new stuff that needs to be utilized properly and put in the right place. Like If you're, if you're creating a team, you, know, you don't just have anybody batting first. You don't just have anybody batting third or just anybody batting fourth or fifth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So people have to find their positions. That's that's what I see. And AEW is, you know, trying out new ideas and they're a new company and they're and they're and they're getting there. But with WWE, it's like these guys are the best to ever do it when it comes to entertainment. But the shit's not entertaining anymore. It's not entertaining and it's not creative. And it's it's, it's bullshit, man. So I mean. Something's got to come along and, and and make it all click, you know what I mean? Make it all come together.
1: So we got to get back to the old school with it because the old school is like when everything was at its best and all, too.
0: I agree, but here's the problem with that is with the old school, a lot of guys have, have passed on, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. with
1: so for, the, uh, for the old school, like probably, uh, probably the uh, second and third generation guys, like you were saying, like, um, the, uh, the new
0: heart foundation with baby boy jr. and uh and, and uh yeah. the well, i i agree as in those guys still have something special but um i think mixing it in with the old school guys that are still around like i i don't know maybe some guys gotta come out of retirement or something like that i don't know but um it's, it's kind of like uh When a lot of people have transitioned, you know, and and passed on, you know, they have to be honored, they have to be remembered, but then again, they also have to, um, you know, how do I say it, like, uh, there has to be a void filled. Um, you know, like, let's say somebody's favorite band lead Singer passes Away or something like that, you know? Uh, somebody's gonna fill in that void just so that the songs live on or the music lives on or something like that. So, something like that needs to happen when it comes to some of these older guys that are no longer with us. Um, And, and, you know, it's been frustrating to see people like Kurt Henning's kid, you know, not get utilized properly by WWE and stuff like that, you know what I mean? I don't know what to say about that because I'm not there, but it's it's not, it, it, it doesn't make me feel good. But then again, you know, I'm not saying anything about Vince because I'm sure Vince would want it to work out with Kurt Henning's kid too, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because Kurt, Kurt Henning is like a, uh, is, is a legend in the business and all, too. Like, uh, Kurt, Kurt,
0: Kurt Henning has got to be the great, probably the greatest wrestler to ever do it. And he was my favorite growing up. So at the same time, you know, I know Vince loved him because Vince put him in that position.
1: Yeah. So I don't understand. You know, maybe there's more to it than than, than I understand. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that concludes the podcast today on Back on the Road, and uh, thank you all for listening. We're having a blast doing this shit. We hope you guys like it, and uh, we just want to say thank you from thank everybody
1: you. at Back on the Road. Awesome. Good night.